This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back to Real Presence Live. Uh, One of the ways you can listen to RPR is via our app. If you don't have it, head to the App Store on your phone and search for Real Presence Radio. Once you have it, you can listen to our great daily programming like Real Presence Live, find the daily podcast if you happen to miss a show, reflect on the daily mass reading, submit a prayer request, and even become a part of this family if the Lord is calling you to donate. So take a moment and download our app as we prepare to head into the next interview, which I'm excited about because this is the man, the legend, Father Andrew Jasinski. Actually, Father Jasinski is my boss for my daytime job. He's the head of Catholic education formation for the Diocese of Fargo. Good morning to you, Father. Good morning, Brad. How are you doing? I'm great. Great. Wonderful. Good to be here. We're happy to have you on. Great. Great. So you're moonlighting, huh? I'm moonlighting. <laughs> <laughs> He's volunteering. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So am I. Yeah. No, well, we are so grateful that you've joined us. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, what a wonderful topic that we're going to be discussing. Yep. Yep. But uh, first, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I was uh, born and raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, you know, typical Catholic family there, um, went to Catholic school. Uh, after high school, kind of floundered a little bit, but kind of found myself and then went out to San Francisco for my undergraduate degree. From there, I worked in the computer business for about eight years. And then in 1994, the Lord called me to the Diocese of Fargo from all places. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so, Explain yeah, going around a little bit, bouncing around a little bit, finding my vocation. So I was ordained in 1998. I've served in parishes for about 10 years. And then... Um, I've been working for the diocese full-time now for about five years. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, I was working at Cardamon Seminary for six years. So uh, uh, different kinds of experience as a priest. So it's, 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 it's been a good life. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, Milwaukee is a beautiful place on mm. a lake. It is. It's, it's on a great lake. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a great place on a great lake. Yes. Yeah. So go and visit. Yeah. yeah. So, Father, you've been, you've been working in formation for a long time, for much of your priesthood. Mm-hmm. You. Uh, you were the director of formation for Cardinal Men's Seminary That's when that correct. was going yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've led retreats. I know I've, the, the only silent retreat I've ever been on, you directed before I was uh, working for you. Yeah. Um, but So retreats, what is, what's this been for you and what do you see uh, in the value of that? Well, I want to circle back to the, my, my, my story again because that's, that's why I do retreats. Is, again, I indicated that I went to a Catholic high school. Um, Catholic school, basically first through 12th grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't speak, you know, what's in a public school, what's in other private schools, but in a Catholic school, there are these periods of silence, which is kind of weird. It's like, what are we supposed to do with these? You get some instruction and that, that's fine. So, um, but as I was having spiritual experiences in school, nobody was quite explaining to me what's happening within me. Um, what happened after high school is I tried engineering school. I dropped out, and that's a whole other story, but we won't go into that today. After about a year, my mother held a flyer up to me. She says, you're going on this retreat. I said, what is it? She said, I don't know, but you're going on it. I said, I am? Yes, you are. And I went on it, and what it was, it was a, a weekend retreat for young adults. It was all in silence. And the beautiful thing about that retreat is a, a, there was a priest on retreat kind of explaining what we're to do in the silence. What are we doing in the silence we're listening to the Word of God. So he'd give a scripture text to pray about, talk, we would talk about it a little bit. So it was a very powerful experience. It's, it's, it was very similar to what I was experiencing in Catholic school, but nobody was explaining to it, it to me. And then um, I just fell in love with retreats from that point forward. Mm-hmm. It was a three-day silent retreat, and it was based on the spiritual exercise of St. Ignatius Loyola, 
which were formed as a 30-day retreat. So here I am on a three-day experience knowing at age 19 there's such a thing as a 30-day retreat. Mm -hmm. So um, again, that was right after high school. Uh, That propelled me into college, Catholic college. So then I had four more years of Catholic education. Um, And again, I was in the computer business and it, it, it... I, I still found it somewhat restless. So mm-hmm. uh, the Lord called me, and again, that's a whole other story for another time. Um, but really, it, when the Lord was beckoning me to come to the Diocese of Fargo, I used a lot of the um, instruments I learned on retreat about listening to the Lord. What does the Lord want? Asking him what he wants. So uh, when I was ordained, a priest encouraged me to do retreats. It's like, I can't do this. I know, I'm, not, I'm not prepared to this. Well, you, well, get prepared. Do it. So since the beginning of my priesthood, I've been, I've been directing retreats. Mm-hmm. Almost every year, I've directed at least one retreat. And sometimes it's in a sort of large group setting. Sometimes it's very private, one-on-one, so people don't know, don't know I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been doing this since my, my priesthood. And then um, different bishops of this diocese have sent me on for further training, and I've just, I've just loved retreats because mm-hmm. of my own personal experience of Jesus Christ. So I would say, you know, what is a retreat? It's stepping back from the busy world and allowing Jesus to speak to you. So I, I just, I just really have that, had that experience myself, and uh, I, I love leading people into that same experience that I experienced at age 19. Well, we're so grateful that you do that too, Father Jasinski, because there is such a constant noise and bustle mm. in the world, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it becomes an issue even for us to grow in our yeah. faith lives if yeah. we don't make time for those. So what are some ways that we can retreat from our busy schedules uh, just to focus on our relationship with the Lord? Exactly. And I I throw out a key word is silence. Mm -hmm. You need to silence things. Uh, And I'm going to quote Pope Francis twice because he's he's been talking about silence. And I don't think we've been listening. (laughs) We've been too busy. Uh, On the Feast of the Holy Family, so last December 29th, um, he talked about the family. And really the family is there to form communications, but he challenged families saying, you need to sit down as a family um, and undertake the work of a holy family. And he really said, I asked myself if, if your family know how to communicate, or are you like those kids at meal tables where everyone is chatting on their cell phones? Which is a great irony. I mean, mm-hmm. what are they doing? Are they, are they really communicating on their cell phones? So he challenged the kids to put their cell phones down to communicate with their parents. Uh, and then last week, as you know, was Ash Wednesday, and he did exactly the same thing. Um, he said this, and, and th- th- this was not as homily, but at his Wednesday audience, he says, we live in an environment polluted by too much verbal violence, hmm. by many offense and harmful words, which the internet amplifies. We are inundated with empty words, with advertisements, with subtle messages. We have become used to hearing everything about everyone, and we risk slipping into a worldliness that atrophies our hearts mm-hmm. that atrophies our hearts. Hopefully, you know what the word atrophy is. It's, it's you know, it's when a, a muscle is weakened because it's not being used, and we have this. I don't want to call it a spiritual organ because it's not mm-hmm. an organ per se, but we have a, a a center of ourselves, a heart, and if we if we don't make room for that, um, you know, what's going to go on? <laughs> All this junk is going to fill us up. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then he goes on to say, we struggle to distinguish the voice of the Lord who speaks to us, the voice of conscience of the good. Mm. In the absence of words to make room for, it is the absence of words to make room for another word, the word of God. So we, 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 we really need to tune off. And he talks about turning off television, turning off the internet, 
making room for God, and he really says this, and he said this, he's constantly saying this. I don't know if people are hearing this. Pick up your Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pick up your Bible yeah. and read it. But read it in a way where you're hearing the Lord speak to you, which is um, perhaps not the normal way we know how to read. That's why that word reading perhaps is in that context a little bit tricky. It's really a listening listening because yeah. uh, i've heard it said that the bible is, is god's love letter to us yes well do we do we relish it as someone's got love letters to us or, or do we just let it um sit there as words among words and we can't we have to really have that silence within our hearts to tune things off so we can tune in to the one who really matters in our life yeah. it's interesting so, when so you true. mentioned about that getting into the scriptures pope francis uh you know, beckoning us to to do that um i was just struck by the readings actually this past sunday uh, about this aspect, and you hear about the temptation of Jesus in the desert, yes. right? And that's what our Lenten journey is all molded after that kind of mm-hmm. model, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that you have Jesus entering into this time of retreat, as it were, a, yeah, a time of retreating from the busyness of the world. Right. And and then at the end of it, being confronted by the devil with the, those three temptations, the world, the flesh, and the devil, basically. And that in kind of in response to that, we have the three characteristics of the Lenten journey, which is prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, a renunciation of those. Mm-hmm. But the thing that struck me yesterday in, in listening to the, the temptation, the way the Lord was working in my heart, was that because Jesus was so soaked in scriptures, uh, and, and you know, Paul asks us to put on the mind of Christ, he responds every time with scripture. Right. Like that becomes the, the language that you can that you can use to to combat those enemies of our soul. But a great subtlety of that text is the devil does the same thing. Right, yep. And they're all, it's all around Psalm 91, which is really, really fascinating. It's, it's a psalm that we pray as uh, our priests and religious pray off as the uh, Liturgy of the Hours, and it's night prayer. We had Psalm 91, and here I am last night praying this psalm that is so powerful about how do we discern the voices that are in our lives. Mm-hmm. And that's what Psalm 91 is all about. And the devil th- throws one line at Jesus, and Jesus takes it into a much bigger context of, I want to listen to the voice of God, and that's not the voice of God. Yeah, it's sacred scripture. The, the devil knows scripture. He knows how to quote it. But, but are we, do, we, do we know what the voice of God sounds like versus the voice of devils and Satan and things like mm-hmm. that, the, the, the fallen angels? So, uh, yeah, it, it is really, really, that text is really, really fascinating because it all hinges on a, a real key psalm. And, yeah, do, do we pray with Psalm 91? Do we really unpack it? And do we understand it as a Jew? Recently, I went, went through it uh, as a, you know, read some Jewish commentary, and it's like, uh, set a whole new light on it. Because mm. it's really talking about a whole series of demons in there, but we, our language just doesn't capture it. Mm. Well, we just want to thank everyone for tuning in to Real Presence Radio, uh, Real Presence Live right now. Um, my name is Janine Bitson. I'm Brad Gray. I'm joined by Brad Gray, which is just fantastic. We have Father... Uh, Jasinski here talking about the importance of retreats and, and in particular silent retreats. And so, yeah, when- Father. So, so Lent, as we kind of mentioned a moment ago, it has this sort of retreat-ish character to mm-hmm. it, right? Yes. And and yet, you and I were having a brief conversation yesterday about this question of retreat. Like the word is used in a variety of different ways, sure. all somewhat interconnected. How does that play into this whole character of? retreat within, within Lent. Well, the, the word retreat simply means to step back. I mean, we hear about corporate retreats, people in the corporate world getting together to, to, to talk about the bigger issues, mm-hmm. the strategy, as it were. Uh, talk about military retreats. Here's somebody, you know, making an advance, but they got to pause and stop. Okay, what do we need to be doing now? So that's what a spiritual retreat is, really a stepping back and reassessing where you are. 
Uh, and in the history of the church, it's taken kind of many different formats. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we, we want to retreat. We want to step back and assess the way things are. Otherwise, we might be going down um, a wrong path. Mm-hmm. And unless we challenge ourselves in that, you know, it's perhaps not what the Lord wants us to do. So we need to spend time uh, stepping back and, and doing what the Lord wants us to do. So with regard to a formal retreat, Father, you said that you were kind of captured through a retreat at yes. the age of 19. And, mm-hmm. and really since throughout your whole priesthood, you've directed a retreat every year. Yes. Uh, with I'm a part of a group, a, a couples prayer group called Teams of Our Lady. Mm-hmm. One of our requirements annually is to go on a retreat. Good for you. Um, why? What do you recommend uh, about a retreat? Why, why is that valuable? What What do you uh, see as... Sure, sure. It's, it's reconnecting with the Lord and having deeper experiences and, you know, as I reflect on this and, and, you know, people may ask you, where do I go to retreat? It's like, in one sense, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to get out there and do something. Uh, in, in our diocese, the Diocese of Fargo, it's really religious communities that uh, run these retreats in many dioceses in Minnesota. Uh, they have retreat centers. South Dakota dioceses have retreat centers. Um, but ask your friends, mm-hmm. because not every retreat speaks to everyone. You know, I've been on different retreats, which are, you know, good experiences, but not great experiences. And I've been... And I've been on retreats, which were great experience. And uh, just to bring something to a close, I said at age 19, I learned about something called a 30-day retreat. Mm-hmm. The Lord took me, it took me 25 years to be prepared for the 30-day retreat. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. So he, he had me do this 30-day retreat exactly 25 years later. And my mom asked me the question, well, are you can do it again next year? Like, mom, it took me 25 years to get here. Like, maybe another 25 years. Yes, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, Father, how can people find a retreat that's near to them? What kind of resources? What would you recommend they do to, to find? I think the best, I mean, this is paradoxical, but it's a great modern tool. It's called Google. Yeah. Google it. But I would really recommend people talk to other Catholics about it because, again, there are, sometimes there are retreats which mix in non Christian elements, which, you know, people want to explore it well. I would recommend really going on a Catholic retreat mm-hmm. first, run by Catholic groups and having uh, just a Catholic mm-hmm. devotional life. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Father, for being on with us this morning. You're welcome. My uh, pleasure. We are going to have to step away, but up next, it's our 10-minute tour of local events, how one group is working to strengthen Catholic families by strengthening men. Uh, well, why men? We'll find out when Real Presence Radio continues live after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.